Now, have you ever noticed how often the definition of good versus bad is merely a matter of personal perspective? In every athletic event, every award ceremony, every election, there's always a portion of the population going, yay, that was great, how good that was, and another portion of the population going, no, no, we got robbed. Remember back in 2008 when the economy tanked and housing, housing values plummeted? That was bad if you wanted to sell your house or if you were upside down in your mortgage. But about that time, Debbie and I bought a house and from a bank. It was foreclosed and we paid half of what the previous owner had paid. It was great for us. But now, our house is worth twice what we paid for it, which sounds good, except we don't want to sell it, and we have to pay taxes on all of that extra value. Good or bad? Depends on who you talk to and their point of view. Well, the same thing happens today with Jesus' ascension. I want you to imagine being there and how cool that would have been to be on the Mount of Olives with the disciples as Jesus goes up into heaven. And one of them says, that's great. And another one of the disciples, probably Thomas, says, no, that's terrible. I can't believe it. He's left us again. This is so bad. Remember and the other guy says, no, 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 this is good, this is good. And Thomas says, no, no, this is bad. Remember, remember when that good Friday, that first time he left us and how horrible that was? Well, yeah, Jesus did call that good Friday. And yeah, it was bad for him, but it was, it was good for us because Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty for our sin and our selfishness. It ransomed us from hell it destroyed death and made all of creation new. That was a good Friday. In fact, that was the best Friday ever. And then it got better on Sunday when he rose from the dead. That was, that was really, really good. Well, yeah, but you know, the devil hated that, but who cares about him? And it got even better than that, that for the next 40 days, Jesus hung out with us and he told us about the kingdom of heaven and he promised us that we would have power to be his witnesses. That, that was good. Yeah, yeah, but now there's this, and he's left us. He's gone again, and that is bad. No, no, that, that's actually good. How can you say that? We had him right here with us. We could see him. We could hear him. We could touch him. We could, we could smell him. He was right here with us, and what have we got now? We've got this fading memory of him as he faded off into the sky, this is, this is bad. This is really, really bad. Well, it is sad, but it's not bad. Now, it's, it's bad for us as disciples, but it's good for the rest of humanity because if Jesus stayed here, how many people would he be able to listen to and talk to and help and, and heal and love? You see, now that he's... God in heaven, and he's gone up into heaven. He's God, and he's everywhere with everyone all the time. That's, that's good. Now, Jesus' ascension was, was bad for his little band of followers because they didn't get to be with him in person anymore, but it was what was best 
for the rest of us. Because if Jesus had stayed here on earth, how many of us would ever get to see him? How many of us get to hang out with the mayor or the bishop or the governor or the president or the pope? Very, very, very few people. And imagine if Jesus were still here, he would be limited by being one guy at one place in one time, limited to what he could do and with whom, and the rest of the world would be limited by who had access to him or not. But now he's everywhere, all the time, with all of us, always. And that is so good. Now, if he were still here, we might actually have a shot at seeing him since everybody comes to Orlando sooner or later. But his being in heaven also gives him another way to identify with us as human beings, especially during this pandemic, because the ascension is when Jesus was able to start working from home. There he is, up in heaven. Okay, what's he doing now? Well, he's not been taking a 2,000-year nap. He's been busy, very busy, doing all the things that he promised us that he would do. So what's Jesus doing now after his ascension? He's praying for us. He's praying for us just as he prayed for us when he was here. We heard that tonight at the end. We heard that now in the end of the Last Supper when Jesus prays, Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Since his ascension, Jesus has been praying for us continually. It's good to have people praying for you, isn't it? And you have a bunch of folks doing that. Now, I pray for 10 families in the Messiah family every day. There's about 300 families in the Messiah family. So that has me praying for each of you personally, by name, at least once a month. Now, I do that always, but since we've not been able to get together for the last three months, I've been writing you postcards, letting you know when I'm praying for you and what I'm praying for you, and I'm on my fourth round of doing that. And I'm going to continue until this pandemic passes and we can be together again in person. I, I may quit writing you, but I'm still going to be praying. And our new daughters of the king are going to follow that same example. And each of them is going to be praying for 10 families in our parish family every day. And our vestry, each member has a page of the parish directory that are their people to pray for. And I hope that your vestry person has contacted you to let you know that they're praying for you and asking for what you'd like them to pray about. Because when our vestry gets together every month and when our staff gets together every week and when our clergy team gets together every other week, we pray for you. And every week when I get together with Mary Kay Predmore, our senior warden, we pray for you. We want to cover this whole place and each of you with prayer just like Jesus is doing. And if all of that's not enough and you have a crisis, you can call Elise Bradford in the prayer chain and a couple of dozen people will be praying for you immediately. Now, if all of that is good, and it is, it's even better because all of us are praying for you, but Jesus is praying for you continually. That's what he's been doing since his ascension, and that's good. What's Jesus doing now since his ascension? He's praying for you, and he's pouring out the Holy Spirit upon us. He promised his disciples today, he says, wait for the power 
that God is going to give you. And you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now that's good. No, that's bad because the Greek word for witness is martyr. Ouch, that's bad. No, that's good because as we are Jesus' witnesses and share through word and example the good news of God in Christ, whether we're actually martyred or not, we get to be with Jesus and partners with Him as He makes things happen in the rest of the world. We get to be His witnesses and change the world with Jesus, one child, one person, one family, one community at a time. And that is good. So what's Jesus doing now since he's ascension, his ascension? Well, he's praying for us, he's pouring out the Holy Spirit upon us, and he's preparing a place for us. We heard last week in the gospel lesson at the end of the, the Last Supper when Jesus says, in my Father's house there are many rooms, and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you may be where I am. That Jesus is building a room onto God's house just for you, so that you can be as close to Him as you want to be forever. What's Jesus been doing since His ascension? Well, He's been praying for you. He's been pouring out His Holy Spirit upon us. He's been preparing a place for you, and He's planning for His coming again in glory. You see, Jesus is coming back, just like we say in the Creed every week, but this time it's not going to be the baby in Bethlehem. He's coming back as a conquering hero that He's going to fix everything broken in the world. He's going to take our upside-down world and turn it right back up. He's going, to, he's going to forgive all of our sins and heal all of our iniquities. He's going to put an end to war and crime and cruelty. He's going to mend every broken heart and every broken relationship. He's going to fix everything that's wrong with the world and call us to be with Him forever with Him and God and each other always. And that's good. If Jesus were still here, He wouldn't be able to do all of that. And what He's been doing since His ascension is all the things that He could never accomplish if He were still here with us. So, I'm glad He's gone. How about you? Because since He's gone, that means He's praying for us and pouring out the Holy Spirit and preparing a place for us and planning for His return. All good things. I'm glad He's gone. But I'm even gladder that He's coming back. Because when He does, we get to be with Him and each other forever. And it's all going to be good. Everything's going to be good. In the meantime, however, here we are stuck on earth. Where some things are good, but there's a lot of bad as well. People who mistreat each other. Wars, crime, and famine, and disasters, and diseases like the one that we're going through now. And then these bodies that get tired, and get old, and get hurt, and get sick, and deteriorate, and die. Life is hard, always has been, always will be, 
And it will be that way until Jesus comes back. And we know that. Peter told us that today as he, as he writes, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you as though some strange thing were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. You know, life is hard. Let's not be surprised when it seems that way. Many parts of life are bad. Bad things happen to everyone. But God's in the midst of it. St. Paul promises us in his letter to the Romans, God causes all things to work together for the good of us who are called according to his purpose. God causes all things to work together for good. He does not cause all things, but he causes them to work together and pulls good out of it. Bad stuff happens to everybody, and God does none of that. But his promise is that in the midst of everything, he's tucked some good. There's some good buried in the bad somewhere if we will look for it. If we will look for it. Now, that happens. For instance, in the midst of this COVID thing, horrible, horrible, that has put millions of people out of work, has made tens of Hundreds of thousands of people sick. Tens of thousands of people have died. We've not been able to see each other for three months. But in the midst of all of that bad stuff, God has been very good to our parish family. So far, there's about 500 of us, and as far as I know, no one has tested positive for the disease. And though several of us think we may have had it, and one of us has tested positive for the antibodies, as far as we know, nobody's has it. All of that prayer seems to be working. Now, we've not been able to worship together for a couple of months, uh, but we've been live streaming and on the internet, and we have 300 to 1,000 people watching our English service, and 400 to 1,000 people, yeah, you're the star, 400 <laughs> to 1,000 people watching our French service every week. We are indeed God's witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are getting to change the world with Jesus, one child, one person, one family, one community at a time. We've not been able to meet together at the altar rail and, and share the body and blood of Jesus together, but we have distributed over 1,400 servings of individual communion at drive through communion to our people and to people in the neighborhood and to lots of folks from other churches who are not giving communion at all. Uh, we've not had many people here on Sunday to be able to put anything into the plate, but giving so far this year has been pretty much the same as it was this time last year. And thank you for embracing online giving and mailing in your checks and bringing it by during the week. Uh, on top of that, we received $123,000 from the Payroll Protection Program, which is going to free up a lot of our regular operating funds to be able to invest in the kingdom of God somehow. And our vestry meets this afternoon to start beginning praying and listening to God about what He might want to do through that windfall. We've not been able to see each other in person very much, but our volunteer office angels and our vestry and our clergy 
uh, team and our staff have been touching in with everybody in the whole parish by mail and email and phone and text and social media. Uh, we've not been able to be together in the same room so far, so we have upgraded our technology so that we can now live stream our services from the church into the parish hall, onto the internet, and to infinity and beyond. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. This COVID-19 thing is bad, but God has been and is with us, getting us through it and bringing good out of it, and that's how God works, and that's good. Now, have you ever noticed how often the definition of good versus bad is merely a matter of perspective? In whatever bad that happens to you and to people that you love, there is some good buried in there somewhere. God promises that. And rather than letting the bad beat you up or beat you down, let's look for and discover and then grab a hold of the good that God has for us.